Coming up. The unchanging God who is holy has to honor his holiness. And God's judgment is a way to maintain God's holiness. It's because if God didn't judge unholiness, mm -hmm. then he would not be maintaining his own holiness. Right, right. And this is why there has to be a hell. Hell has to exist. Right. Because God is holy. By nature, he's holy. And he needs to be honored by that. And if folks don't honor that, then that is dishonoring who God is. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. There are some things about God that every believer should always keep in mind. First of all, God is, was, and always will be. Join us for the message series, God Is, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn walk through some of the qualities of God that we can confidently put our trust in. Here's the fourth message in the series, The Immutability of God, Part 2. So his purposes are immutable. The third truth that we want to look at is God's personhood is immutable. God's personhood is immutable. And what we mean by this is that who God is by nature and character mm -hmm. doesn't change. God's nature and God's character doesn't change. Amen. And look what it says here in Exodus 33, verse 13, and then verse 18 through 19. We use this passage when we talked about um, God's goodness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't use it again, because it also speaks to God's unchangeability. It says here, if you are pleased with me, and this is Moses talking to God, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. So I want to pause on that. Moses is desiring to know God. And to know God is to know his nature and to know his character because that's who he is. Yeah. And Moses is saying, I want to know you. The same thing that we do when we're trying to get to know another person. We want to know who they are. Mm -hmm. We want to know their character, who they are on the inside, who they truly are, not who they say they are, but who they really are. Yeah. And oftentimes we find out that they're not who they say they are. And Moses is saying, Lord, I want to get to know you. I want to know you. I want to know who you are truly, intrinsically. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And then it reads on. He says to him, remember that this nation is your people. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And so Moses said, Lord, what, what makes you glorious is who you are. Mm -hmm. I want to see it. I want to know it. Then verse 19 goes on and says, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Mm 
So God says, I'm going to make all my goodness pass in front of me. This is why we spoke to it about the goodness of God. Yeah. But it's not on your paper, but the passage reads on. And it reflects what Jonah found out that is on your paper. So Jonah found out some aspects of God's personhood too. Look what it says here in Jonah 4.2. Now, let me give a little context here. You know, God had instructed, commanded Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell them that God is going to destroy their city because of their sin and wickedness. Yeah. God instructed and commanded Jonah to do that. And as you know, the story goes, Jonah decided that he wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And he ended up going on a cruise, an underwater cruise mm -hmm. um, with uh, in the great fish. Yeah, yeah. And then he ended up changing his mind about it, and he then he went and did what God said to do. Yeah. So this now picks picks up after Jonah obeyed God, and uh, pronounced to the folks in Nineveh that God was going to destroy their city. <clears throat> they had a change of heart. They got rid of their evil ways, and then this is what happened. Where we're picking up here, Jonah four two. Mm -hmm. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. So angry, Jonah thought it was wrong for God to save the city or not destroy the city. Jonah had some issues, needless to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jonah got angry at God. But even within that, Jonah knew some of who God was. Look what Jonah says, verse 2. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That it would that that is what I tried to for forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. So Jonah is saying, Lord, I knew you. I knew you was gracious. Yeah. I knew you was compassionate. Mm -hmm. I knew you were slow to anger. And I knew you abounded in love. Jonah was is pulling out some characteristics of God's nature, some attributes of God. Yeah. And Jonah said, I knew. That's why I didn't want to go. Because I didn't like them folks. I was prejudiced against yeah. them folks. Yeah. And I knew if I went and told them what you were going to do, that they would change from their evil ways, and then you would do just what you're doing. You would spare them and save them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I didn't want to happen. Jonah had some issues, as I said. <laughs> but he knew these things about God. Yeah. And though he told them that God would destroy them, he knew that if they changed their ways, God would be merciful. Mm -hmm. That's right. God would be merciful because it's who he is. Amen. Amen. So you see what happened. God had planned to destroy them, but because they changed their ways, mm -hmm. he didn't. He didn't change them. He changed his plans because of his nature. Mm -hmm. So look what happened here. 
Uh, Jeremiah reflects this idea too. Jeremiah 18, 7 and 8. Let's read what Jeremiah says. It says, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And if that nation, I warned, repents of evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. Mm -hmm. You hear what God is telling? Mm -hmm. Now, this is what happened with Jonah and Nineveh. Now, Jeremiah is here. He's telling Jeremiah that if a nation, if they change from their evil ways, then he says, I won't destroy them mm -hmm. like I had planned. Amen. So look here, it's not God changing his mind or changing. He is changing his plans, but he's not changing who he is. And it is who he is that actually dictates everything. And we're going to keep unpacking this. So that hopefully you'll see this, yeah. that God's nature overrides everything mm -hmm. because his nature is unchanging. <laughs> and so uh, Jeremiah is uh, goes on to say some more about these circumstances. Look at Jeremiah 26, 2 through 6. Mm -hmm. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's house and speak to all the people of the towns of Judah who come to worship in the house of the Lord. Tell them everything I commanded you. Do not omit a word. Perhaps they will listen and each will turn from their evil ways. Then I will relent and not inflict on them the disaster I was planning because of the evil they have done. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me and follow my law, which I have set before you, and you do not listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I have sent to you again and again, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like, like Shiloh and this city a curse among all the nations of the earth. Mm -hmm. So y'all see here what happened and we need to track with this yeah. because God doesn't change and he doesn't, and his purposes doesn't change. So inevitably his plans will change. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. Because God has given us choice. Yes. And we can either choose to be blessed by the fact God doesn't change mm -hmm. or be cursed by the fact that God doesn't change. Mm -hmm. uh, we are unable to change who God is but we are able to choose the aspects of God that impact our life and our future. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're dealing with. God is saying, if they repent of their evil, then they're going to be blessed. If they don't, then they're going to be cursed. And the reason it has to happen, and we covered this when we talked about holiness, is that the unchanging God who is holy has to honor his holiness. And God's judgment is a way to maintain God's holiness. Mm -hmm. it's because if God didn't judge unholiness, mm -hmm. then he would not be maintaining his 
own holiness. Right, right. And this is why there has to be a hell. Hell has to exist. Right. Because God is holy. By nature, he's holy. And he needs to be honored by that. And if folks don't honor that, then that is dishonoring who God is. Right, right. And this is, God is playing this out right here before us. Mm-hmm. It happened in Nineveh. They, he, 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 God is holy. He says, y'all, your evil has come up to me. Mm-hmm. And if you don't change, you're going to get a curse. You're going to be cursed. You're going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yes. I'm holy. Got an amen in the in the chat. And yeah, thank you, brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so God says, says to them, through says to Nineveh through Jonah and through to Judah through Jeremiah, that it's your choice. And and so he says, you can choose to rock with me, to roll with me, or you can roll with yourself and be cursed. God is putting that before us today. And God said, I sent the prophets to you to tell you the truth again and again. So it's not that you haven't been told, it's that you refuse to align yourselves. And this takes us to a very familiar passage that we hear often that falls into this line of thinking too. And it's 2 Chronicles 7.14 where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So we hear, heard this on many occasions. And so God is saying here that, and that there is a way out if you meet the conditions, Mm -hmm. if you align with me, then you can be blessed. If not, then you will be cursed. So he says, if you turn from your wicked ways, if you pray, if you seek my face, I will hear and then I will heal. Amen. Because I'm compassionate by nature. Mm -hmm. I'm merciful by nature. I'm long-suffering by nature. I'm loving by nature. Lord. I'm holy. I'm good. But I'm God. The only unchanging person. Mm-hmm. The only unchanging entity. Mm-hmm. The only unchanging reality. And I have to preserve my holiness, my righteousness by judging unrighteousness and unholiness. Amen. So God gave them a conditional promise that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways. That's the condition. And this takes us to our fourth and last point about truths about immutability. God's promises are immutable. Oops. God's promises are immutable. His promises, you guys. <laughs> Look what Hebrews 6, 17 says. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear 
to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. Y'all hear this? Mm -hmm. The text is telling us that God wanted to make it very clear about his unchanging nature, the unchanging nature of his unchanging purpose. And he did that by making a promise. And so God is saying that I'm promising you I'm not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to change. My purpose is not going to change. And so we have a choice. We're either going to align with God or not. Mm -hmm. Look what it says here in Malachi 3.6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. So God is saying, because I made a promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob regarding their descendants, they are benefiting from my promise and my unchangeability. So my promise is going to hold true because I don't change. I, I don't go back on my word. And we're benefiting. You and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are benefiting from God's immutability, yeah. his unchangeability, mm -hmm. his promises. We are benefiting from it and will benefit into the future, into eternity, because God doesn't change. Somebody ought to say amen. 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 God, because amen. God doesn't change. Even though you and I sinned maybe today or yesterday, but because God doesn't change, our eternity is still secure. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Look what it says here in Philippians 1 6. It says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until the completion, unto completion, until the day of Jesus of Christ Jesus. So God, if God began a work in you, if God made you into a new creature, if God regenerated you, if God saved you, then God has started a work in you and God is unchangeable. He's going to carry out the work. He's going to bring to completion the work he started in you, in me. God is unchangeable. We see we ought to thank God that he doesn't change. He don't change. He don't change. Even though we sin, still sin sometimes. God does not change. He's committed to being who he is. Amen. He can be depended upon to be who he is, and he will not change. Amen. So believers in Christ Jesus can be confident that God's going to complete what he started. Yeah. And he has a word for unbelievers too. Mm -hmm. Because God doesn't change. And it's a popular word. And John 3, 16 through 19 speaks to it. And it simply says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is a promise God is making. This is a definite word that God is saying that if you believe in him 
you won't perish, but you'll get eternal life. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about biblical belief. We're talking about belief that impacts the way we behave. Verse 17 reads on, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So I want to pause on that for a moment because God is making this very clear. As we talked before, we can choose to either be blessed by the fact that God doesn't change, or we can choose to be cursed by the fact that God doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. Because God's going to protect and continue to be holy. God's going to continue to be good. God's going to continue to be transcendent. God's going to continue to be unchangeable. Mm-hmm. And we can use that as a blessing or a curse. And it depends on whether we believe and accept his son, Jesus Christ. And we're, we're talking about behavioral change belief. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, he gives us 19. the verdict. 19, I'm sorry. Gives us the verdict. He said, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness mm. instead of light because their deeds were evil. So when we talk about belief, you have to believe to the point where you stop being, you stop doing evil things. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and God's going to help you. So we're not just talking about a, a mental exercise of belief. No, we're talking about belief that changes the way you behave. Mm. And God says, the reason folks don't change <laughs> in this regard is because they love darkness. Yes. And because of that, they are condemned. Mm -hmm. But if you believe in Christ and you come to the light, then you can receive blessing for your belief and your changed behavior mm -hmm. that you repent from evil. And you come into the light. Amen. And the fact that God doesn't change could be a blessing to you, mm -hmm. not a curse. The bottom line is this. God will not change. So all of us better change hmm. <laughs> and align with who he is. Yes. Amen. That's the bottom line. Amen. Amen. So it's time. It's time for some things to change in our lives so that we can align with God because God ain't going to change. He's going to stay holy. He's going to stay righteous. He's going to stay good. He's going to stay transcendent and everything else that he is. Amen. And if you want the blessing of God's immutability, mm -hmm. You need to change. And for you to change or transform, it's going to take a relationship with God. So someone who's listening now may need to make that change. You haven't made that decision yet in your life. 
to believe that Christ died for your sin and asked him for forgiveness, you haven't yet um, admitted that you sinned against him, you haven't believed yet that he died for your sin, and then you haven't committed your life to him yet and turned from your wicked, evil ways, then you haven't come into the blessing that comes from the fact that God doesn't change. Everything else changes, but not God. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. And then it reads on, which God promised to us before time began and cannot, and God cannot lie. So I hope you're getting this because we're gonna revisit this later. Uh, we, 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 we're gonna look at the fact that God sent some to teach us about him and his truth to know how to serve him and that he wants us to have hope in him and have hope for everlasting hope. He wants us to trust in his promises and know that God has given those promises even before time began. And he wants us to know that he cannot lie. Thank you for listening. 